0: Right, welcome to now. This is podcasting. I'm your host Connor, my co-host Jaden, Yee. and former guest Calvin.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: And we're here to do. Uh, uh, we went on a cine adventure. We just
1: went and saw the new uh, Dune. This honestly feels Part like one. Yeah, and this oh, honestly yeah. feels like the whole reason that we did this podcast. Like cause we've been we've been talking about Dune specifically <laughs> since like
2: what Ju- June, July. Yeah, we've been talking about Dune since June for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why we did. <laughs> It was a Dooney June.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, it, it was so frustrating because you know this movie got delayed like over a year because you know all, all the shutdowns and mm-hmm. you know everyone is isolated. And then and then we were like, okay, we started doing the podcast and we got like we were like, okay, we counted out of the weeks leading up to the original because it was supposed to release at the beginning of the month. And so we were like, okay, we'll watch all the dune films and then we'll uh, we'll watch dune and that'll be kind of the culmination. And then it got set back like another three weeks, so I was like, oh yeah. man, yeah. we kind of built this up and, uh, he, and the studio kind of kind of ruined that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what th- three weeks really would have done unless there something just something in post-production that they needed those extra three weeks, but who knows.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah maybe because I wasn't going to be going against anything like at the beginning of the month either.
2: Yeah, because I think it was like scheduled, color. like that and Venom were like, supposed to be like the same week
0: oh venom versus this what this like a 165 million dollar yeah. film like venom versus and i wonder which one will win
2: um but no venom would,
1: would have been the next week yeah, venom, venom came out on the because the venom 8th. also got rescheduled to to the first this month i'm just saying it wasn't no it, it, it came out on the eighth not the first yeah. i'm almost positive of
2: that That's i went and saw it yeah okay it was terrible no because we went so I, don't remember I, what I guess I was. Yeah. it was really bad yeah
0: I think I wonder if it changed yeah, its date because right. it was going to be competing with lamb and it just,
1: <laughs> it didn't yeah, want box office. Yeah. It's really hard to keep track of all of these
2: dates now. So yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, Stop changing stuff. Marvel just pushed back all of their movies. Uh, wonderful. Did they? Yeah. Uh, after
0: Spider-Man, dude, we saw this in IMAX and, and I'm not gonna lie. I've watched that Immortals trailer on my phone Eternals? and oh, is Eternals. That's, yeah, yeah, that is it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Man, it hits totally different in an IMAX theater. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I was like, whoa oh, man. I I wasn't like super stoked about it, but I saw it, the trailer. And I was like, okay, I want to see that. I and mean, obviously I'm stoked about every Marvel movie. Yeah. So
2: I actually John did. Snow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Every time he comes on screen, I'm like, that's Jon Snow. Yeah. yeah. He knows nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did not I did not have that opinion after seeing it in IMAX. Yeah. I'd seen the trailer like a few times and it still looks just like a Marvel movie, but with like I don't know, like light warriors like i don't know it 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 just doesn't appea- like that wasn't the thing that in IMAX really was like what um what got me um the know. whole time i mean the the rest of this movie is is perfect for I Oh me. yeah so this is yeah. not a laptop movie or even your 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 little home uh surround sound theater no matter how good it is like yeah. this is one of those films that you need to be the same thing with like Star Wars and a lot of those other things like you need to be in the theater for these Yeah I think we had talked about seeing at like Alamo Draft House which
0: is like one of the sit down like you can order food while you're at it and
1: I'll I play. wish we had done that cuz I feel uh, really gross right now cuz all I ate was popcorn uh, yeah. and the butter tasted like bacon so Ooh, Gross. Yeah, it added like a little bit of fit flavor and like a lot of stomach pain. Yeah. Oh. So, I don't I might know. Go, like, I know you're go. chugging Red Bull, so that's yeah. always good. I, you know, yeah, that's to why I that asked, off. yeah, Connor, was. I asked for snacks and he was like, I have chips. And I was like, well, that's that's just gonna make it worse. That's <laughs> not
0: the answer. Uh, but I do agree, I think. So we ended up, I just like I got the tickets for an IMAX instead because I was like I, the first time I see this I definitely want to see it in IMAX and it's out on like HBO now so I'll yeah. probably watch it again at home but I was like the
1: first time yeah we're gonna leave and you're like all right uh, I'm cool. ready for <laughs> rent uh,
0: yeah so I, I was definitely stoked to see this in IMAX I agree with Calvin this is if you're gonna go see this movie watch it in IMAX the sound or Dolby I would like to see it in Dolby as well yeah, because the sound is better. I think that's mostly the big things. Yeah. See it with some in a theater with really good sound because mm-hmm. it's awesome. Uh, do we want to just kind of get first impressions? We'll do some non-spoiler stuff and then uh, and then we'll spoil it. All
2: right, yeah, first impressions this movie is fucking good. Yeah, I it's, liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, it's super long, but it's good.
1: Yeah, honestly, I was I was concerned because I saw a lot of the trailers that like the uh, um they had a lot of lines that felt cliched and they felt like they were just like gimmicky, like they were gonna Marvelize like a lot of these characters and make them like fun and like quirky, and I don't know why I was worried. I was worried just because it was such a big movie that maybe someone stuck their hands into uh uh Denis work, but. I, I shouldn't have been worried because, yeah, Denis has shown that uh, he knows what he's doing with a, a big budget movie. He knows what he's uh, what he's going for when he takes a script and boils it down to uh, its most essential pieces. And its most essential pieces he executes perfectly. And that's exactly what happened here. You have what, probably one of the most faithful adaptations of a book ever. Like, even better than, um, than The Lord of the Rings because... In Lord of the Rings, there's still shit that gets cut. There's still stuff that, like we talked about, like how it um, in the books something happens in the in uh, the Return of the King, but they put it in Two Towers just because it yeah. like it works better. It's like cr- yeah.
0: chronologically, it plays out better in a film to have those put together. Uh, but like in the actual books, it's sort of like these two different timelines, sort of that kind of get meshed together in the in the films, which totally works for that. It's easier to tell the story that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I totally agree. I think this is a really good adaptation of the book. It's missing like a couple like chapters I really liked from the book, but it's fine. It's an adaptation; it doesn't need to be frame for frame. Uh, I think I mentioned, but like, it's very yeah, close. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's two and a half hours, and it's just the first half of the book. I, I think it got yeah. the feel
0: of a lot of the characters right, which is uh-huh. mostly what I wanted. So. Absolutely, it doesn't need to be frame for frame, line for line, the exact same thing. No,
2: and, like, and like, he think... did all this with you know the handicap of being
1: Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> so good for him!
0: What, what an amazing film. <laughs> you, know, did,
1: you found that out like. Like three weeks ago, right? Yeah. Like after our, I was our last, yeah, yeah, like after
0: our last. Oh, he was French, dude. <laughs> yeah, we had done all the reviews on his other films, and later we were like, "Yeah, he's French Canadian." You are like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> that's why everything's
1: shot in Toronto? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, no, I definitely thought it was great. Um, I've been excited for this movie forever. Uh, that's why I read the book, you know, because I, I was just all a lot of anticipation for this film. I liked the book a lot. Uh, I think it's a, a great adaptation. It definitely hits like everything i want to see it's like that sci-fi fantasy i love science fiction especially like epic science fiction mm-hmm. and uh this like definitely hit all that like the score is awesome i think the performances are fine i don't think he gets a lot out of the actors like he's done in other films like prisoners i think has some like the best acting i've seen um and i think uh his last like sci-fi epic uh blade runner uh 2049 i think kind of gets better performances has more nuanced characters in There's it There's more subtext too yeah. yeah yeah this is i i I mean, this might sound like not a it's not a compliment I'm not like trying to diss him it's the least Denis Villeneuve film I think that he's put out I think it's its more blockbuster which I think it's supposed to be
1: it feels but very he, much like Arrival
0: oh a lot of the sound did totally yeah. mm-hmm. like, I think it parallels Arrival's score and like sound design a ton but it's, it's his most blockbuster movie I guess maybe it's not his least Denis movie it's his most blockbuster movie because even Blade Runner 2049 is a $150 million budget it's a pretty epic sci-fi movie but it still feels like subdued in a lot of ways. This movie gets very explody at parts. Yep. <laughs> yeah. What is the budget again for this one? One hundred sixty-five million. So it was the same as Blade Runner then, right?
1: Just a
2: little bit more. A little yeah. bit. Blade
0: Runner is one hundred fifty
1: yeah okay
0: yeah. it had the same budget that only
2: 15 million dollars it's not much only yeah, yeah, it's, that's it. it's in the ballpark <laughs> yeah. it actually it had the
0: same budget as uh, Interstellar which is my favorite movie so I expected a lot out of it and I think I got a lot out of it yeah, it looks, so. it, yeah it looks great it looks really good
1: yeah exactly and I think um, like what you said about the score it's 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 epic sci-fi but it also takes on like the music itself takes on that religious, spiritual quality that you feel uh, throughout a lot of the other characters, like from the Bene Jesserit uh, and uh, like all of the things, all of the prophecies on Arrakis. Like the the score has like this this religious fervor to it, and I think that's it's amazing how it, in some ways, it feels oppressive, like uh, how uh, we reflect uh, when the uh, imperial. Guard, whatever. I don't remember the okay. first, the, the first, when they first show up at the beginning of the film. Yeah, like his, um,
0: his like entourage or whatever. It's like his, the, the people have been like sent out to go tell the Duke. He's going to take command of Arrakis. Yeah, again. yeah.
1: I and and the music feels like oppressive there. Like you're being you're being imposed upon.
0: There's yeah. a lot of choir in this, which I think is where you get like the kind of uh, like religious tone to it. Like it, even like uh, the Saddakar have like a theme that plays, mm-hmm. and it has a very creepy like choir element to it. Like very creepy speaking that goes along with it. I think there's a lot of really cool like kind of tribal sounds. There's like d- uh, drumming going on when you're on Arrakis. Kind of when you're. Uh, around the Fremen there's mm-hmm. like that sound too so everyone kind of has their own theme I think it all like works really well together and this is Hans Zimmer did this as well yeah yeah uh, and I was, think there was not, a
2: couple of parts I thought were a little funny
1: with the sound but, oh like what
2: oh uh, there's like one scene where it sounded like there's like a motorcycle starting up in the background for a second and I was like what's going on here and that was like part of the score and I was like oh okay I, guess I wonder again yeah, I'd have to it distracted me from the film which I do not like yeah was, was that it? like the thumping I don't know it was much quicker than that huh
0: because we oh. talked about in uh, our Blade Runner 2049 review, they they have the part where it's uh, K's in his vehicle and it's revving mm-hmm. up, and then it, that kind of tone carries on into the score and it works yeah. really well. I I'd, I'd have to go back and I'll, I'll yeah. watch it
2: again tonight. Okay. Now I'll find the part. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, okay, I get it. I was like, right. This is funny. It just threw me off a little bit, but I mean, other than that score is amazing.
1: Yeah, I love too, like the uh, the ships with those really deep horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they feel like they're creaking and moving themselves, but yeah, like not only is the um, I think the score interesting, like you have each each uh, character kind of reflected with their own theme, but they also that that theme reflects their greater purpose within the overall narrative which I think is really, really cool too. Like that's, there's not a ton of subtext to this film, but I think the music is, because it's everywhere, there's maybe a little too much music, but it's great music, so I don't mind it that much, that, uh, that that's what carries a lot of the symbolism.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's pretty uh, loud in some parts too. I think. Yeah,
1: my ears were ringing pretty good yeah. after I left.
0: I, I did have one problem. There's a, like, not to spoil too much, uh, Ch- Timothy Charlemagne, uh, Paul is inside of a tent and he's having like a vision and, but he's, like, whispering. And I don't know if it's because we saw it in IMAX and the speakers are really good and they're designed to, like, really pump out that, like, rich sound. But I, like, couldn't hear a word he was Dude, saying. Dude, there's a couple of parts
2: where I was yeah. like, what the fuck just, what, what was said here at this, all?
0: It was a big problem that I had with Tenet and a lot of people have with Tenet is the mix is not awesome in that. Yeah. Like, I don't really know what anyone's saying.
2: It wasn't as bad in this. Like No, it was only, it was, like, just a few parts where I was like, that's a little, like, speak up or something yeah. like i wish i, I had some like, subtitles on here it's like damn it the one time i'm like give me a subtitle yeah. I don't know
1: what's going on right. uh, i kind of think like those ones work better if you already read the book because yeah. um like they don't add a lot of uh they don't they don't really matter to the plot um at least at this point so i think they're just kind of character it's it's better than having someone's thoughts dubbed over while they're just staring at the camera right right you um, notice
0: how every time we reference it's like oh this did good because it's a good adaptation of the book we're never like oh it, this took elements of the 1984 film and it was wonderful uh, yeah because that movie <laughs> sucks
1: <laughs> right yeah uh
0: calvin what is your favorite song or like uh, what's your favorite part of the score in this film
1: I that's it's so easy actually it's it's the, it's called Bagpipe Army. Yeah. <laughs> and like when, so when the Atreides first land uh, on Arrakis, and you have the one guy and his little, um, uh, bagpipe, and I love how it, it's supposed to—it's supposed to sound like a national anthem, but it's a different mode than a, how most national anthems are—what are, uh, they're played in. A lot of times, they're they're fairly cheerful, triumphant. So it's like kind of somber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like ominous, somber. Yeah. Like like we're here. This is House Atreides, not necessarily like we're here victorious type thing. We're you know we love our our homeland type thing. And then once he steps off of the ship, and then you have just. A whole chorus of yeah. bagpipes. Yeah. That part was sick. I've never thought of the bagpipe as being intimidating. So <laughs> <laughs> <It's all> right, <laughs> but yeah, it it takes on an amazing quality there, and like everyone is shouting "Atreides, Atreides." It's just goosebumps. I mean, this whole movie is just goosebump after goosebump because yeah. it's just playing on all of those like those those big themes.
0: Oh yeah, there was definitely like just classic like uh, these, these like you get the you get little tingle run up your back. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like I like, not all the dialogue is amazing in this, but I think when it is like really delivered well and you have it, it's definitely been like punched up by the score and everything. I'm like, Ooh, like I'm really feeling this. <laughs> yeah. Like the, like the scene I complain about it, like Paul in the, in the tent, you can't really hear him, but then he's like speaks up and he gets like more emotional. He's kind of like not emoting a ton in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but he gets like really good in that scene. I was like, oh, okay, like I like this part. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's all that stuff working together. It makes it really good
1: Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, it's an amazing, stuff, yeah. yeah, it's a I'll very good score. definitely be throwing this in my playlist with Midsummer and Hereditary. Yeah. Perfect, it'll fit right in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what I do want to say is having the bagpipe in it, I think it's really interesting and this is one of the reasons I really love Hans Zimmer is he'll take something that you wouldn't expect to be in like your epic sci-fi and like he'll put it in and it, like it sounds bagpipes. awesome. Yeah, it worked great. Or like a, a mm-hmm. like a, The organ is, like, really prominent in Interstellar score. And it's, like, you wouldn't expect it, but it totally works. And he's a great composer. I I love that he did this movie. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: Didn't he also do Blade Runner 2049?
0: He did. This is the second movie him and Denis have done together.
1: Yeah. Ever since Johan Johansson passed, yeah.
0: Yeah. Which we did mention because he did the score for Arrival. It still feels like it has a lot of those same tones in it, those
1: really, like, deep rumbling. Yeah. Yeah. And he also did Sicario. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Which that is, like, not the most memorable score it fits that film that that movie just
1: yeah it's it's a minimalist thing as well it just doesn't have any of those uh those deep sounding like this is why you need to see it in imax or with just good speakers because it's like there's a tactile quality to these sounds that you feel them like it it really puts you um into the action on the on screen you feel like you're there like these these massive like when the ship rises out of the ocean oh that's the first oh my gosh that's so if you're gonna
2: watch this at home put a subwoofer in
1: your couch yeah exactly
0: yeah yeah yeah. part of it is like feeling it rumble (laughs) yeah yeah be sure you're like
1: hugging your subwoofer
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh do we want to get into
1: some of the look of this film yeah i mean it's a denis movie we have to talk about the look i mean it's
2: fucking pretty Mm -hmm. every shot is gorgeous I like how uh or gross but yeah. it's, g- it's gross in a gorgeous way, yeah, no, totally, yeah, uh
0: I like how each kind of planet has a real feel to it mm-hmm. uh I think that's like important it it's it sets you up not only to like uh, see cool things but it sets you up like the motivations of each character and like kind of the different classes they come from and stuff like that, so yeah, the Caladan is like really lush and you know it's got the oceans and everything mm-hmm. and, uh and it
1: um it feels like. Like Scandinavia, Scotland type area. Yeah, yeah. I know Which one of the lo- they have bagpipes. I right. Mean, one of the locations was Norway. I think that's probably where that was. That from. that makes sense because I kind of assumed that we were near like a fjord or something like right. that. But you also had the pine trees and I don't know. I mean, obvious. I think there are. I'd assume there are pine trees there. I just don't know why I can't think of like Nordic landscapes. Oh no, I remember we uh, when we were watching uh, Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah. Pine trees. Yep. Pine you trees. get to like a. That's what I remember. Black. That was the best part about Blackwood. Like <laughs> <it. laughs> <laughs> Pine trees.
0: Uh, they also go to Seleucus Secundus, which is like the um, Sartakar like homeworld. Mm-hmm. It's like where they they train at, and that's raining a lot too. But it is like a kind of a very mechanical feel to it. Like yeah. it's, it's very like you know paved over, and there's all these like structures in it. It's rainy and stuff, kind of the same way Caladan is, but it's it's not
2: like it has a totally different feel to it. Yeah, it doesn't have like the. The natural like wife feel, or yeah. Whatever, yeah. You know, you it has like a very Exegol feel. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, it does. you're so right. It, 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 it that does remind me so much of that. Dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Which, weird to say something like nice about Star Wars. Yeah, right. I, look at
0: you. You never do that. Yeah. <laughs> I I
1: don't think I ever will.
0: Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> we get one.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's more just because it's oh look at how someone did it much better. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> uh, but that that I like they took that from the book is like this is like a crappy place and like mm-hmm. they get trained in like the worst climate environment ever and like that's what makes them these like hardened warriors and i think that that gets comes across just in like the setting they're in
1: yeah well i mean also the fact that they're like the they, i don't know are they are they uh still alive all of those bodies that they're just draining of blood so i they was could like s-
0: what is happening yeah, yeah. that was crazy they're all, like upside down and they're like got big scoops of blood getting i was yeah. like oh my god
1: <laughs> and it's and it's clearly like a, a ritual type thing because yeah. they've they've built those structures yeah for those it was very that very on.
2: mayan-esque
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, that's such a good yeah, point. Very yeah, very sacrificial. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, well, that's such a good point. Very creepy. But that's what I'm saying. It's like just the location itself like sets you up for like kind of how these characters are. Yeah. The same way Caladan kind of sets up uh, how the Atreides are. Like,
2: it's like everything that Game of Thrones wanted the Golden Army to be. It's like the way I felt about them. Right, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. I was like, yeah, these guys are gonna come in and fuck shit up because yeah. that's all they're about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you have uh, Arrakis
0: and uh, uh, one thing I, I did really not like about the 1984 dune and we'll have a whole section where we get into kind of comparing these two one of them is they just like saturate the red in yeah. the 1984 version i love that it was just desert just yep. show me a regular there's like a a a weird beauty to deserts where it's like seems untouched but it's always moving yeah things are changing it like it's alive in its own way yeah and like i think that kind of also kind of speaks to like the fremen it's like you wouldn't notice it at your first pass but there is life here there is like a, a force to be reckoned with here and i think i love the way the desert's used in this and also you get like denise great aerial shots yeah like right. beautiful
1: and i love how it everything is kind of desaturated too like it, it gives you that that cinematic quality it also kind of i feel when you de- desaturate something it takes out it takes the life out of something it makes something a little bit more dramatic and i think When you think, uh, and when you when I say uh, it takes the life out of it, I think that's a nice theme here because we're talking about how water is so important, Um, and. So it's it's like it's used in one way on Caladan where there's plenty of water and there's plenty of life, but it's a grim uh, imposition that they've been given by the the emperor to go to Arrakis. And then you get to Arrakis, and while everything is like a warm tone, it's still desaturated because this is it's a very harsh place where there is no life because it's it's sucked out. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's it feels pretty pale a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very bright. That was kind of I, I did have a couple of problems with. There's a
2: when it goes from like a dark scene to all of a sudden, oh it's just goodness. like, oh, he's working at Zendaya in the brightest light of all time okay. right now. I'm yeah. glad I wasn't the only one because it like, yeah, hurt my eyes. It's really dark. Yeah. And then it's like a fire yeah. like, is, is happening in the, this bright
0: desert sunlight. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is kind of a it, retinally, like I can't handle all yeah. this going on right now.
1: There were actually a couple pl- things in like some of Paul's visions. Um, I felt like someone would definitely need like a uh, epilepsy, like seizure warning because some of them flashed so bright and so quickly. Yeah, Like I felt like, I mean, I was also sick because of the popcorn, but like (laughs) (laughs) that didn't help.
0: No, I agree that I think, yeah, if I want to knock some of the editing in this, I was like, okay, this is need to ease us
2: into this, man. This is intense. I, I don't know, like. Doing, like, a fade
1: into it wouldn't work either.
0: That would be really just, 80s and goofy. It but, just doesn't
1: need to be as bright, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was like, oh, man, okay. Like, that's that's maybe one of the knocks I have on, like, as far as the look, the edit of it. Um, yeah. What else do we have besides, like, uh, just locations?
2: Um, I mean, the ships were cool. They're oh, very boy. sleek and, like, they're not over the top. They're not, like, fancy or, like. Hey, this is a cool looking ship. It's like, hey, the ship is here to get a job done. Yeah, that's what's doing. They're they very made very boxy, look, yeah. Yeah, they made yeah. it look great.
1: They're very unintuitive, and I think yep. that's very that's so cool. Thinking of like uh, a, a civilization that's eight thousand years in the future, like they don't need to look aerodynamic anymore because they've advanced so far that they just they serve uh, they serve they work in ways that we don't understand. Mm-hmm.
0: Like the the way a shipping container on like a back of a semi is it's like it's purpose built for this thing yeah. like it doesn't need to be fancy it's yep. just it's just hauling stuff which is essentially what the ships are doing this they're just hauling people to a different spot
1: yeah and then contrast that to the uh ornithopters oh, the thopters Yeah. Are so those sweet. are sweet
2: yeah i don't are. understand like why so they have the the second layer of glass or whatever come over was like it's to help us like with the sun and the tint i'm like why don't you just have that as the glass then yeah <laughs> like, right the whole time <laughs> i don't understand that
0: uh one of cool. the yeah no, I, I agree. When I first saw him, I was like, that doesn't make any sense, like how yeah. it would have lift and everything. And I was like, wait, dragonflies do that. Of course, it works. <laughs> For a minute there, I was like, no, nature's done this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really like about the ships, it, 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 I think you get a really cool sense of scale because they have a lot of these ships mm-hmm. like landing with like troops around them or like just a bunch of people and you'll see like the shadow of the ship move over all the people yeah. and you're like, wow. Like, it's massive. I think it's hard sometimes to convey some big sci-fi element like that and get it in you can really get a sense of scale with the way they did it in this. I was like, okay, these are massive.
1: Yeah, not only are those massive, but it also helps with the scale of whatever, like the uh, transport like tube um, that orbits <laughs> yeah. the planet. You know what it's I mean? It's huge, yeah. Like that, that, like the, oh, the yeah. big ship. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, oh, yeah. Because I'm, I'm guessing that that's just always there and it's like a portal. It's kind of. Like, I don't know. I, I was
0: wondering about that too. I was like, do they all just get into that ship? Because the way it works in like the book is they get into the ship, the big one that the the guild uses. Right. The guild takes them somewhere, but I wonder if it's. It, it almost looked like maybe it was. Supposed to give the idea of like a mass relay from those Mass Effect games where it just kind of you go into
1: it like or like a portal, like it just shoots you where you're gonna yeah. go. Like yeah. or, sure or maybe like the nineteen eighty four one, like maybe they're like, let's just visually let's let's do that but but better. Let's keep that idea without having to like get, you know, like our flying like scrotum penis monster. Right. Yeah. Well the other thing
2: about the nineteen with that one, like they had like golden doors and all that stuff. This one literally has nothing like Yeah. the cylinder. Yeah, you know. it's just a giant tunnel. I yeah.
0: think one thing I really like about the the Spacey Guild ship. I think it looks just like the Worms. I think it's supposed to have that design, like Ooh. kind of mirror it. And so I kind of like to think of it as like the, the Spacing Guild is basically, they run the show. I mean, essentially like, yeah, they have the Padishah Emperor who is in charge of the Imperium, but really it all goes through the, the Guild. Yeah, And they're in charge of space. Like that's their realm. And I like to think of the Worm as like, this is, he's the King of Arrakis. Like yep. he's, the, he's the God of, of, of his realm. And so I think it's cool, like kind of that mirrored imagery between them being like these big cylinders with like open. And they're both used for transport.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're both used for transport, and also they're the ones that make the spice, which makes transport possible. Yeah. Yep. So... I like that mirrored image. Look at that. Right. We've all got three different takes on something.
0: <laughs> like, nice. All of them better than the matte painting that shows up in the 84 version, <laughs> where it just, it just appears. Yeah. It just fades in, and like, okay, I guess we're on Arrakis now. Yeah. <laughs> it just happens. Oh, my God. I was actually... You brought up the, the little aliens from the first one. <clears throat> Do you guys notice, like, at the... So, the movie, is it's just a black screen, and then there's, like, a, a voice... Yeah. It says something like really deep and it says something about dreams or I, I don't remember what the...
1: the oh, uh, yeah. Um.
0: But it says in like a creepy voice. Yep. And I thought, I was like, fuck, they're going to have the aliens in this movie. Like those are the aliens talking. I <laughs> thought they were, were going to have another scene where he... Giant to,
2: floating penises.
0: And yeah. they go and they talk to the emperor and they're going to have this creepy voice. And thank goodness, but that's the same voice that uh, is happening on like the Sodakar planet where they, it's like some guy kind of giving a speech. Some, it looks like, I mean, it looks like a priest or something looks very like holy like kind of creepy moment you know yeah he's like up on like a on a stand and he's giving out it looks like he's giving oh yeah some creepy
1: yeah it almost sounds like uh throat singing
0: yeah yeah but it's like that same voice Uh and i thought it was weird that that pops up at the beginning of the movie and then it goes to like the studios it shows their logos and stuff i was like well that's weird because it goes like that and then it shows like the the water tower the warner brothers water tower i was like that's out of place show that at the beginning
1: (laughs) yeah that is interesting I remember i remember that now but i don't remember what it was said what what it was said but i th- i felt like i felt like just from that sentence i was like okay we're in good hands cuz that's that's it's understated it's 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 unsettling um but it builds such a wonderful atmosphere for yeah. what I feel. What I feel like Dune was felt like. Like when I read the book, like this is exactly how I imagined the tone of everything to be. It's grand. It's big. It's bombastic. It's not fucking Toto and rock guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah, no that that movie got it all wrong. it's um, the
2: rains down in Iraq.
0: And... <laughs> <laughs> there you go you you blended that in pretty well. Um, <laughs> Do we want to talk more about, I guess, like, it's like uh, camera work? Because this is, I think, one of our favorite things about Denise. Like, he's just so good at putting something, like, really interesting on screen. Um, one thing I do want to say is we've talked a bit about uh, Ari Aster. And uh, we have a podcast coming out on Midsummer. We already did one on Hereditary. Uh, one thing I think is really different about these two guys is I love the way Ari Aster just is composition. Like, just everything in the frame it's just put together so well. Yeah. yeah uh, What I really like about Denis is everything feels like there's a, like an epic quality to yeah, it. Yeah,
2: it's like massive. Every shot is massive.
0: And it's, it, it they're interesting in two different ways. Whereas, yeah. like, one is like Ari Aster's very subtle, like, interesting shots where it's like if you just like soak it in, it's really cool. And then Denis has like really, uh there's just like a lot of cool imagery going on in his shots that make them really interesting. And I think this movie, like, really nails that. Like, like, even, I mean, even just, like, little stuff. There's, like, Paul walking on by the palm trees and stuff. I'm like, what a neat, like, what a neat image. You're in the middle of a desert, and they, they go into, like, these date palms. And I was like, yep. this is a cool shot. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of good, he's just got a lot of good stuff going on. And, you know, like we said, his aerial shots are awesome. So Yeah, they're yeah. always fantastic.
1: So, I and one thing I would say that's different um, between them uh, is, like, how... It's like, one point you had in, in Midsummer is that you felt like Ari Aster, like like, um, focused too hard on, like, some of the narrative, the obvious narrative thing in some of his shots. Like, when the camera moves through Terry's room and it's, like, four missed messages. Right. And it's because, like, those, those, those ones work on multiple levels. Like, you have uh, the very obvious narrative uh, reason that this is happening. And then you have all of this subtext built into the image as well. And that's how all of his how all of his shots work is there is a there's one specific point um part of why this shot is exists to move the plot and then there are all of these things happening in the background that help elevate his film like just be from a horror story up into like a, a true piece of cinema. Right. And what Denis does is he takes out all of the fluff and it's all about one specific thing in, in, in his shots. And it's the, the grandness of his aerials and, but he still pays attention to the, the, the film language. You know, he's not like just saying things because we need to know them. Um, but like when, uh, Jessica tells, uh, um, uh, Paul to give her the, for her to give him the glass of water. Yeah. And we cut to all of these images of the room. We see the uh, uh, the old Duke, his grandfather. We see images of the bowl, um, the little figurine. We see, like, the little hanging uh, chime. Right. So each one of those shots has a very, has one specific thing in the frame and one specific purpose. But it's not, it's not being, like, told to us. Like, it's not Jessica... Uh, like being like, don't be like your grandfather who oh, got right. killed yeah. by a bull. Yeah. You don't want to end up like that
0: loser, <laughs> which like, is odd because that's kind of how she is in the book. Because she hates the bull's head in the book. Yeah. yeah, she's like, get rid of that thing.
1: But I lo- and I love how he he. It's just it's a constant theme that he re- he returns to as a visual motif. Yeah, they mention it one time, which I don't necessarily think you even need to do because you see the uh, you see the uh, the headstone has. Yeah. His, his, yeah
2: it has all the information on it right yeah, there yeah
1: exactly you don't need to be like well grandpa blah 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 bulls like take that line out and all of this is even more interesting to me because it's it that's that's your subtext it's all of this returning to the bull this returning to uh toying with danger yeah um that that really exemplifies what what paul's character is once he starts to become like uh like everyone is really doing it um because you can think of like jessica um uh, giving a boy, like, toying with the bull rather yeah. than uh, a girl. And the same thing with uh, Paul going down the path of the Kwisatz Hadarak is the same thing, like, toying with the bull because he sees the jihad that's coming. Obviously, they don't say that in this film because I think f- it's a really charged word in America now. Right, um, yeah. I don't think it would land the the proper way. Um, so No, it would not. Yeah. yeah. So I think just, there's, like... There, there's too many, like, but just...
0: Americans who are too American who yep. hear that word and they're like, that, was, I literally, that no, means so terrorism. I think it's
2: going to be a religious war. And I was like, a, a jihad. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just, that's, yeah.
0: And so they say holy war instead. Which oh, yeah, whatever. whatever. It, it yeah. lands the same, but it's yeah. like, it, it's, I just, it's they're the same thing. Like, yep. It just, you can call it a jihad and I wouldn't have cared. But there are a lot of people who would have gotten mad about it. Yep. Uh, you bring up the bull. I, think that that's the only bit of fan service that i was like oh like it's 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 really the only like because it's not really truly explained they don't go out of their way to be like this is the bull that killed your grandfather like and this is why it needs to hang here like there's a big part in the book about that Yep. but it's like if you read the book and you're like oh like cool the bull's head so up yep like it's not like uh what is it like rogue one where they're like put r2d2 in the movie people know that we need <laughs> yeah. the fan service yeah here. yeah like, exactly it, this is like nice because it's like if you read the book it's like huh Cool. I, I understand what all the bull stuff means, mm-hmm. like you know, just uh, that that was like a bit of uh, if I could
1: call it fan service, that would be it. But yeah. it works; it's it's nice, right? So and I wouldn't cool. even call it fan service necessarily because all of the pieces are there that you could right, make right. the assumption that that's a bull that he killed or um, the the one that the killed killer. him, because yeah. we just keep returning it to it in so many different places that it really implies that the 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 bull head as being an oppressive force like it keeps cutting back between uh like when uh uh Lito is um like uh drugged dying like yeah at in the in the chair um uh and the barons a there a spoiler, but... yeah why well, we're pretty far in now yeah i
2: thought we've been spoiling it
1: okay yeah we can start
0: spoiling it now i mean oh, we yeah, been, sure.
2: we've been decently vague about the whole spoil like the, yeah. this whole time i think we're okay
1: yeah we can
0: officially spoil something yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll book st- timestamp it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I
0: never do. <laughs> I think if anyone's listening at all, they know that like none of our other reviews have really like. Hey. It's only when it's like a brand new movie. Everything else is like you should know this. It's yeah. been out like, and yeah. this is also this is a this property has been in like the zeitgeist. Everyone knows about Dune. I think. Yeah. Like yeah. either if I it's mean, through the maybe. film or through the book, I don't know. I feel like most enough, people do. There's I mean, enough information about yeah, Dune. Yeah, this is sure. the first. I and mean, there's I a reason it's
2: got a massive budget, because I knew it's gonna be a success because it has a massive fan base.
0: I'm sure all of our dads watched this. Yeah, and
2: really liked it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've been talking about some of the camera
0: work. Do we want to get into the costumes? The I costumes
2: know. are freaking sweet, dude. I, was about to say, so I know good. you do, Connor. I
0: yeah. love that stuff. So like. Uh, like uh especially going back through all the the lord of the rings you know behind this behind the scenes extra feature stuff all my favorite stuff is like when they go to the costume designer and they go through how how all this got made and uh they they had like authentic like smiths come in and like actually put all the chain link together for the mail and everything i was like that stuff is so good and i love it and so i especially you know i'm I'm gravitated towards it and in this film all this like sci-fi stuff only really works if you have really cool costumes yep and all of it is awesome. Like I love the big dome helmets that uh, yeah. they look like old school astronaut or like I guess like current astronaut helmets. They're not. Yeah, like,
1: or
2: like Daft Punk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Daft Punk, punk. going <laughs> on. Yeah. Exactly. Daft Punk, Power Rangers, you know, same. Thing. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there's a lot of like I love the the Benny Gesserit uh, headdresses they have. Yeah. Those are sweet. Like make them look like real tall. Like I love I love all They're of them. They're very Catholic. Even, uh, even like Dave Bautista and Polka Dot Man, like there's stuff is simple like to shave off their eyebrows and put a bunch of white yeah, stuff yeah. on their face. But it yeah. worked really well. Yeah, uh,
1: in, in and in like they, they're they very understated. Again, like even though they're brutal and disgusting and awful, and the, I feel like the, you can see that, in like just the way that they act and the way they conduct themselves, yeah. you, you don't necessarily need all of these over the top statements as to why they are brutal. Or they're anything.
0: barely in the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. But they feel like you feel their presence when they're on screen. They're like, oh, this is a big deal. This is someone that. Would absolutely just kill you without the blink of uh, um, in the blink of an eye for no reason.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of that is the sound helps that too. Like they have the they have a theme. Yeah, you know, that pretty ominous. In yeah. yeah, and it's like okay, I know what's going on with these guys. Like,
1: yep. and it's it, it's just
0: like you instinctively understand it because you're like, I can see I can see the way these guys are acting on screen, and then I can hear this. Score along with it. Like, that's all I need. Yeah. I don't need you to go into, like, elaborate dialogue on how you're going to betray the Atreides or how you're going to take over. Or, or how you have, like, just
2: massive boils all over your face uh, like, or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah. you can
0: be subtle and get your point across better Yeah. than, than being overt about it, you know? Which is what they did here. Yeah. 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 Great.
1: They just removed all of their humanity from yeah. even just yeah. the visual uh, uh, representation.
2: And, like, the body language and everything. Like, the actors did a great job.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, more of the costumes,
0: I think... Uh, one thing I really liked what I was hoping for is I was hoping for like a distinct look between each house. Uh, so like the sadakar have like a different looking armor. They're all white and they mm-hmm. got, like, have some red highlights on them. Uh, the, uh, Atreides, they, when they get attacked, they're kind of like not ready for it. So they're yeah. just in kind of like, kind of like more casual dress uniform, mm-hmm. yeah, night gowns, which is kind of odd. Cause it looks weird when they go out to that big, big battle and they look like they're, I mean, they look like, uh, you know, the officers in Star Wars where they get, you know, like the kind of gray uniform, oh, or, yeah. you know, it's like a formal uniform, but they're going out to fight with swords in it. And I was yeah. like, this looks weird. It does look It weird.
1: honestly looks like peasants, like trying to fight off like yeah, armed force. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's something about like, if you're going to have a big epic sword battle, it looks so much cooler with like flowing robes and, 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 and chain link mail and, yeah. and, and big armor on. Like that just looks cooler, which sort is of- why... The yeah. four shields I thought were a little weird too. Oh
1: I, really? I loved
2: yeah. those. They're a little funky.
1: I thought I thought they were really good using the color of them as a visual representation of what. That's what is kind it. of annoyed me.
2: Interesting. Yeah, hmm. I was like, yeah, you're just kind of giving it to me. I yeah, I can I see. I want to work for it a little bit. I yeah. could see the gimmick of it.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Where especially like uh, Gurney, the first time he's like fighting Paul, and he's like got he's like the slow blade penetrat- yeah. penetrates, the shield, and it's like bright red. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. But then I think you could have toned it down the rest of the movie, and I would have still understood. Yeah, it's like show me the one time real, real big, so I know, and then just have like a little bit of red in it. So yeah. I think that would probably be a good way to like get in between those two, like where you don't like it, and because I do get that it is a little distracting. Yeah,
2: yeah. and it's still fine and still worked. Especially it was just when like a
0: little, a little weird. Lado gets shot by the. Sleeping dart, or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just like bright red because it's like yeah. slowly moving into the shield. I
2: like that scene a lot though, because he's like trying to reach in his back and he yeah. can't get it. I'm like, oh man, you're fucked. There's it's, nothing you can do. Yeah, it's really
1: tense moment for yeah. sure. It's almost like the shield traps, <laughs> it's almost like a double edged sword mm-hmm. in, that, in that sense, like because he turns like a, com- the, a completely 180, but the, it doesn't seem to change the momentum of the, uh, yeah, the dart. Know. Which I thought was interesting.
0: Well, because then Duncan gets shot with one, and it's it's like in a, it's in like his chest, uh-huh. but it stopped there, and he knocks it away with a sword. So it
2: could, yeah, you're right. It could be helpful. It could be. Uh, that's how it's uh, a great shot, like okay. in his back where he couldn't reach it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that Perfect. one spot you can never scratch, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, He is a doctor. He knows exactly <laughs> where that spot that. is.
0: Um, do we have any more uh, thoughts on the look of this film?
1: Um, on top of that, though, like the way they create, uh, like, because we mentioned sound and look, I also love the way that they've. Uh, incorporated like different languages um mm. to make to make things re- like really creepy like uh you you mentioned the one guy on soda on the uh salusa secundus um who's doing like the the big like vocal whatever thing. i don't know
0: what it is it's creepy yeah. as though yeah but
1: then you also have the guy on the ground talking to um you guys talking about with a black neck
2: brace thing yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We, that's an yeah. accurate way to describe yeah. it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but he almost sounds like he his voice is is dubbed or affected some way in post because it sounds like almost like not quite as bad as the way the voice uh is is shown oh i guess uh, we have to get is into not that good either yeah okay we can let's tackle that after
2: it's like very different in the one of the scenes too yeah. it's like i'm like yeah oh, it's, in the beginning i was like okay that's it's a little weird it's weird enough to not gonna annoy me and then it's like it's it like like higher pitch and stuff I'm like oh it got bad yeah okay we yeah. can tackle
0: it now because i i agree it's yeah. it's uh it sounds like the uh the reverend mother yeah who first shows up uh and she uses the voice on paul and makes him like come over and kneel in front of the box yeah um, but then, like that same, like it feels like it's her voice combined with Paul and Jessica later on in the film. And I was like, why? like yeah. why, why is like she I said
2: that's got to be a hard thing to tackle, like as far as getting that across yeah. the screen. Well, I was wondering like, what how would they were going to do. do yeah, And then like I even like cause, like at first when Paul first uses it uh, against Jessica and doesn't like quite work all the way like there's like no sound in the beginning that's the best version and that's of i was like yeah. oh just do that the whole time yep that'd yeah. be great yeah that's what i thought it was gonna be too. yeah me too i was like oh i'm stoked about that and then yeah it just got it got weird yeah i, I almost know, think I like I absolutely agree with you i was like wow they nailed it first
0: try yeah me and too. then they did it wrong the rest <laughs> of the time
1: <laughs> i almost think of it too though like it was it wasn't as oppressive and like and annoying um in that shot because he didn't do it right yeah. Which is kind of fun. I kind of wish that the voice was actually different for each person that used it. But yeah. But I think that's a little, I think that might have been harder for the casual audience to uh, accept.
0: Maybe. Yeah. I could kind of see that. Like, well, but then Paul sounds different once he kind of- Figures it once, out. Once it says, like, he's awake. he's like, like, change anything. your pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he doesn't really have, like, the screamy voice, the, the like, Benny Gesserit, uh, Reverend Mother voice with it. He, like, one part later in the film, he, he, it sounds like just him. So I think maybe that's the goal. Is like eventually they, they do have their own kind of version of the voice. But yeah, I agree with Jane. I loved it when it was like it was like so quiet, but it was like really bassy. Yeah, I was like mm-hmm. wow, because I hate it in the eighty four yeah. version. Yeah, but,
1: um, yeah, they, but they did basically the same thing in uh, the in basically the same way in when they uh, when they were being kidnapped in the thopter and they were trying to kill those goons. I love that word so much. Thopter. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? It's yeah. such
0: a cool word. It is a lot of the stuff. I, I think I said it in our. Yeah. Uh, um, our commentary on the 84 dune i was like oh, so much stuff that Hank, uh, franklin herbert wrote i was like it's just so cool to say mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. i love uh duncan daho I'm wrong. It's I, I mean, know. that's not it. But yeah. Oh, I was right. They said Harkonnen in this movie. Yeah, yeah. They which, did. which I like fist pumped in the theater. I was so excited. I was like, I was right. It's Harkonnen. Yeah, it's, a, it's I thought a...
2: it was Harkonnen. Like, I, but I still like when they, like it popped up on the screen. I was like, man, are you sure yeah. that's that you guys are saying this but right? Then they say
0: but, other things different. Like they they don't say Padisha Emperor. They say like Padishah Emperor. No,
2: yeah, he was
1: Padishah. Padisha, Yeah, like which Padisha. is yeah. very weird. Uh, I can't think of a a language that would. E- Accent it that way, because it's not even Latin, because it would be like, padisha, like, Either way, yeah, like they're they're putting an like alien language. Yeah. I don't know just that kidding. dude. Yeah, that dude had <laughs> tiny fucking ears. Did you guys like, see <laughs> what? That? Yeah. that? No, I did not notice that actor. I was like, oh my gosh, did your ears stop growing yeah. when you were like six? <laughs> they're like, they're almost just like ear holes. They're so small. You have to go. I have to go rewatch the movie just for <laughs> yeah, that. Just for
0: the ears. Yeah, just for that. When I watch it tonight, I'll let you. Go. I'll text
1: you guys. Yeah, you'll be like, holy <laughs> shit, Calvin's right. Yeah, what is that? Like a prosthetic. <laughs>
0: Uh, going back to more of the language stuff, I love the use of sign language in this. I thought it was so cool. I thought it was clever. Yeah. And it's such it a subtle thing that, like, wasn't I, in the book, too. I, yeah. Yeah. No. And right. I, and I
1: love that it's added.
2: Yeah. Me, too. I thought it was great, especially when, like, uh, they're communicating in the Thopter after Jessica and, uh, Paul get kidnapped. I'm like, that's a fucking, this is so smart. Yeah. This is a great way to do this.
0: Or, uh, like when she's getting the Jessica's getting the Chris knife from yeah. uh, the shout out Mapes, and at first she's like, "All right, it's okay," and then she's like, "Prepare for violence!" And yeah, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> like, yep. this is serious, mm-hmm. and it builds a lot of tension in a scene with like just a just a quick little hand motion,
2: and yeah, like, okay, like okay, well, this scene's building up. Yeah, like it got very lot. intense very quickly.
0: Uh, yeah, so I I love that, and like Calvin said, it's not in the book. I love yeah. it when you can add something that is and good it works it very it well. usually yeah. doesn't like yeah. it's usually like just stick to the material they they already gave you something great to work with just stick with it yeah. but just a little thing like that add that in it's perfect it i think it's great, great. Yep.
1: i almost think of it though like the the runes in midsummer like i don't know if i necessarily want the the uh subtitles for them i think we just hmm. if you just see that it's sign language we, nope, we, need him. I, nah, I, I, like I, I don't know. I would love to see it without that. Calvin's That's just like, got runes on the brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get ready I just, for him. I, I have Calvin's
2: just like, I want a puzzle to solve with this freaking movie. Why'd you ruin it for me? Yeah, ex-
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was all excited to unpack your, yeah. your stuff. Now I have to learn sign language. Ah, oh, yeah, damn. it got to go down back to Wikipedia. <laughs> I, w- I actually wonder how much, because
0: it feels like... Maybe shorthand for them. I would assume that that's not like real like. It's American very sign quick, language. and
1: yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't be.
0: Oh, well, because they're not American. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's just it's I wonder real Rakian yeah. sign language. Yeah, yeah. it's Rakian Caledonian sign <laughs> yeah. language. Uh I just wonder if like I wonder if someone who you know go ahead leave a comment if you can sign. Let us know if those are doesn't real signs. Blane?
2: Doesn't Blaine doesn't Blaine know sign language? Barely. Okay, Dude, he did that in
0: like high school. He doesn't remember all that right. Shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've done. Oh man, we did more of the look than I thought. We even got into the language, which I yeah. think is awesome. I think there's a lot of cool stuff there.
1: Uh, I honestly wish there was more, because I, I feel like that's that's something in uh, in uh, like the Dune lore that isn't explored enough, right? And okay. especially in film, especially just because like as we just established, I'm a language nerd with yeah, runes yeah. and sign language and uh, other languages in general. I think it's so it's so interesting. Um, to think about what other languages would look like here, um, yeah and it's weird how the uh like the fremen are portrayed because you have a lot of different cultures and accents
0: it is it is weird. it feels like there are fremen who kind of live like in the city, and then there are different like desert dwelling fremen who are they seem culturally different, but they're all fremen still well,
1: even within the the desert ones though. Yeah, no, like you mean because like ethnicity-wise, they are all different, and accent. Like yeah. Janis doesn't has a weird accent. Ha, uh, Javier Bardem is uh, one of them, so he's a Spanish accent. Then you have Chani, and then you have like other like uh, and Zendaya with like no accent, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're,
0: you're yeah, you're definitely right. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if they were just like, eh, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, they just put like generally people eth- ethnic ethnicities that you would find in desert climates, right? But
0: I wonder. Uh, I wanted to ask this. I like how this movie opened up because we were talking about the Fremen. I like how this movie opens with the Fremen, which is not how yeah not how I expected it to open. I thought it was going to be like this is Caladan and Paul's story. I like that it opened with uh, Chani kind of doing a little voiceover of like these are essentially like you know these are uh, colonialists who come in and they they just take what they want from our land. They don't care about the people. Mm-hmm. And I like it sets up the Fremen to be more likable. I think yep. because you you're already they're starting at like you know. Uh, this this place where they're they're being taken advantage of, and so you gain sympathy for them. And so when they show up later in the movie, and Stillgar's kind of like brash, you're like, yeah. well, yeah, you deserve it. Like, you're you're coming in here and wrecking his stuff.
2: Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, you you side with him like instantaneously.
0: Yeah, yeah, so it doesn't yeah. matter that he has like kind of an attitude towards Leto or or you know the. I
2: thought that was a great scene. Yeah, it's when they spit, and then Jason Moe is all like, hey, 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 it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is a nice thing. He's yes. being like a good. Thanks for this, offering the moisture from your body. Yeah, I was like. Gross, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love the way the fremen are portrayed in this. Yeah, I
2: think uh, I was. Let's actually want to compare the 1984 version of the just the eyes. Yeah, you know what?
0: I'm done. We don't need to wait for the section. We can just compare stuff when we okay. want. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to save it, but we've already done that so right. much. I hate the way the fremen look and act in yeah. the 84 version. They're garbage because you don't even really know the their motivation. They all mm. just all of a sudden like. They're like, oh, Moadib, we got your back. And that's like, that's like it. There's no development with them. Nope. And I love in this, it, it like takes its time. It feels to like, this is what the, the, like this is what these people are about. And you're coming into their space and you need to like earn their trust, not just by being a your weirding way. Like yeah. you have to actually do something. And it feels a lot more earned when Paul's like, no, we're going to stay with them. Yeah. And I, and I think that it feels that way because the Fremen are built up a lot more in this because you have that starting scene with them. So I agree I, with that. Yeah, I, I love the way it opened. I thought it was great.
1: Yeah, Same. it also sets up a lot of the tension um, in a much, a much simpler way. You know, rather than like like think of how much exposition we had in the 1984 one, and we still don't we still don't know enough. Whereas here, you get the feelings um, that are implied. Uh, like the feelings are all implied. Whereas in the 1984 one, they just tell you exactly what is happening. And there isn't any feeling there. Yeah. So you have to fill in a lot of the gaps actually yourself still. Even though there are more words and more explanation, it's less informative.
0: Yeah, no, you're so right. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that's like really informative about the Fremen is you get a lot of these, like Paul has these visions. And I think Jaden like, alluded to it. There's like a Power Ranger scene in this. <laughs> yeah, mad Power Ranger scene. Yeah. Dude, he looks just like the White Ranger. Oh, yeah. But it was sweet. I mean, it still looked cool. I loved it. And and again it, yeah. it paints the the Fremen in just such a cool way. Cause even Duncan, Idaho, he's been like, Oh, they fight like demons. Yeah. And then you get to that vision and it looks like a bunch of Satakar like attacking only a couple Fremen. Yeah. And then just like hundreds of Fremen pop out of the sand and I was like, This is awesome. Yeah,
2: it's sweet. That, um Then pop out of the sand every time. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's a dope way to yeah. use it. Use that characters. trick every time. I yeah. don't mind.
1: It it was interesting, like seeing that that's that scene is in the trailer. I kept thinking like that's a weird yeah. to point in this trailer because I don't think that you get to that in this movie
2: no yeah it, I was so right when I thought it was they funny. did they did a lot of like hey come watch part 2 and yes they did a lot of that which is fine because I want to go watch it now so
1: oh absolutely I yeah. hope I hope it doesn't take like another it's gonna be a while. 15 years like Avatar 2 dude
0: Timothy Charlemagne is gonna age out of that role
2: I don't think Does that he ages <laughs> dude he, age he still looks like he's 15 I love that Chadi she's like you look like a boy yeah <laughs> I love the scene where Jason was like, putting on some muscle mass. He's like, what, really? He's like, fucking no. Like, <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> nah, about, dude? <laughs> yeah, I love their relationship. Yeah, no, that's a, they have a great relationship. I actually think this is like one of Jason Moe's, if not his, it might be his best role that he's ever done. Better than Sweet Girl? <laughs> How can you talk Sweet
0: Girl? <laughs> oh, no, my wife, no.
2: <laughs> that movie sucks so, so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Ah, woman. Sweet that, Girl.
0: That actually has a really good tie-in to this podcast because we spend the first five minutes of our sweet girl episode talking about dune <laughs> and Momoa's beard
1: <laughs> I, I didn't want to listen to that episode yeah. again because i thought i'd spent enough time with that movie that's yeah. funny though yeah i feel like we listen back to a lot of episodes be we like oh yeah here's that another little dune section yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is has been on our brains for a while um yep. almost think... like midsummer it's fine it's nice to finally get that off our brain even though we've spent a significant portion of this
2: episode talking about midsummer yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. uh Jane, did you mention that kind of, that joke? Yeah. Like, you're putting on muscle. You were kind of worried that there was... So,
2: yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple quirky jokes, like, the Josh Brolin makes, like, in the beginning, and then the audition makes it. I was like, oh, no. I was like, don't, don't do that to this film. They'll make just, like, jokes at every fucking scene, like, that's going to ruin the whole movie. And they immediately stopped her for the muscle joke. Right. So, that was good. Because that one, I felt like, I was like, okay, it works. It's kind of funny. But don't oversaturate this movie with that stuff. I definitely yeah.
0: got Star Wars. What is it? Which is the one where Poe Dameron, he's like flying in. He's like makes your mom jokes. He's like prank calling the yeah. Empire or something like that. Like that's where your movie starts is like bad jokes. Yeah.
2: And I was like, shit. So he's going to be bad. And oh, I was since, right. As soon as was like, I want to be a pilot. I was like, oh, you are in another universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> far, far away. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: I agree with you. I definitely got that vibe for a second. I was like, oh, no. Like, yeah. Don't make this like a funny movie. Yeah. Or Or just like little... You know, little jokes added in. Yeah, like don't do it's it. This is like, this yeah. is a serious drama. It's a.
2: But I think it did like that scene helped build the relationship between Duncan and Paul. Yeah, yeah.
1: I also love too how they 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 seem to they stayed true to who the characters are in the book. Like Gurney Halleck, like he doesn't sing. I don't think actually in this. No, one, I was which so was bummed. Sad. But had, he does I, talk in yeah. proverbs.
0: I do love that. Yeah. I I was so bummed. I had uh, watched an interview with Josh Brolin. He was like, yeah, no, I had the little. I can't remember what the instrument he plays is, um, in the yeah. book. But he, he was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, no, I'm gonna play a little tune." I was like, "I was waiting for it. It, it never happened. So yeah.
1: Maybe that'll be in part two. And um, better be, otherwise, I'm not gonna go." <laughs> right. Yeah, so, Josh Brolin busting out the bagpipes. Yeah,
0: dude, it better be. That'd be awesome. So we've been talking about some of the relationships and some of the characters. Like, do we want to like dive more into those? Uh, I kind of want to talk about obviously like Paul Timothy Charlemagne. What do yeah. you guys think
2: of him? I I thought he did really good. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of him and other stuff too. I'm, i'm a timmy fan you know
0: he did that one movie on netflix where he plays like the King King. Henry. yeah yeah it's a great movie that movie's really good yeah it is. really underrated yeah because it's a netflix movie and people yeah are like
2: whatever it was but it's really very good. good yeah um i think he's a good actor and i think that i think he did a good job um not the whole movie but i think there's some scenes where he just okay. really hit it out of the park yeah and i think in
1: the same sort of way that I have uh, a problem with some of the uh, the characters in Blade Runner 2049 where their allegorical function is is literally the same thing as their narrative function. Um, they're, they're, there are some characters which are just kind of plot devices and they just they just exist to be the thing that. Uh, the the symbol or the allegory that moves the plot forward, and I think that's what Timothy Chalamet here is. What Paul is like. There are some moments where he's given, like when he like uh, um, he and Jessica are crying in the tent. There's yeah. some emotional depth there. That's my them, that's
0: like, my favorite scene with him in it. Yeah, that's like the best acting I think he does in this movie.
1: Yeah, but otherwise he's I mean, he's pretty much the character out of the book. Um, almost to a T which is why I don't have a, a huge issue with his portrayal of him because he's not a very interesting character in the book the things that are interesting in the book are really his thoughts when he's when he's talking about like all of the world lines he sees and all of his future visions um, those things are are fascinating and I think they add a lot of depth to the character in the book that it's really hard to uh, put into a film and I think they I mean they tried to do it here I don't think it works great I think it's interesting I think it's helpful it's certainly better than whatever the hell david lynch thought he was doing nope. <laughs> he was making 1984's <laughs> dune right um uh but yeah like i i don't have i was worried that there were going to be like again like i said too many cliches and and things like that and there are parts where he just comes off as very like earnest like oh no this is my first time wearing uh a still suit yeah and just and like why he uh uh had his uh pants like slipped yeah, his so his boots beat in Most of the best questions. things about
2: his character are the way that the other characters react to him. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Exactly. They always like
0: say something under their breath yeah. like, "Oh, these on all guy." Yeah. yeah, Exactly. Or they're like uh, like a at Kynes, she's like, oh, like he'll he'll come and like know your ways as if he was born to them. Yep, you're ah, so right. Which yeah. is
1: a thought in the book, and she says it, and it's a thought dubbed in the 1984. <laughs> book. But yeah, her saying <laughs> she in another says, language, like yeah. under
2: her breath, and stuff like that.
1: That was very in cool. another language. Ah, it's that was that was a good way of she's doing. She's a good it. character. Yeah, very good. Which and I have no. No problem with her being uh, a different gender in this. No, film.
2: that doesn't fucking matter to me at all. Did not matter. Uh, that never matters to me in any movie. I do not care.
1: I was actually, I was hoping, like, you know, I, I, I know he died, but I was like, uh, if uh, Max von Sydow uh, like reprised his role for this, <laughs> he'd be so old. Yeah, which also would have wouldn't have fit ethnically with Chani being his daughter. But, okay. like, <laughs> uh, but I yeah, thought... he. I think he died when he was like ninety-five. Did he really? He's either 85 or 95. His last movie is that Star Wars movie. Yeah. Gross.
0: Um, I thought Timothy Charlemagne was fine. Uh, He spends a lot of the movie looking down at the ground because that's how angsty teens act, I guess. Yeah. And when he finally kind of, you know, I mean, they say it literally in the movie, like, awakens. Like, he awakens as an actor finally and, like... (laughs) and uh he has that scene like we talked about in the tent like that that's one of the ones that like gave me goosebumps yeah like i was like what a good like he's he emoted finally he did it and i thought it was really good and then um a lot of the stuff when he's interacting with the fremen finally like towards the end of the film i think is really good very good yeah his body
2: language there is amazing too
1: and it's funny that you say that because that's actually the point in the book where he loses his emotion you know right He, he starts he stops being like quite a human uh in the same way because he can see uh the future in such a way that he doesn't emote the same way yeah so it's funny that you do say that that was the point where yeah, he so, huh? he he transitioned and became more emotional and a better actor just he should actually have been more blank and more un- emotionally unavailable at that point <laughs>
0: Uh, do you guys want to go into other characters much more? I I like, guys, I don't think there's a lot of nuance to any of these. Like I think
2: Calvin said this that they're really just to drive the plot. Like yeah. Leto I has think, to die. Like I think all the actors do a good job. I don't think yeah. you know, like I think it, Oscar or Isaac did great. And I was like, Yeah, you fit that role. Like, great, yeah. man, you did a good job there. Like it's not the next, you're not the not the main guy of the story and yeah. it's fine. You did a good job there. I the do like episode. how
1: we did not know. Uh, who the traitor was going to be?
0: Thank you. That's literally what I was about to get to next. Because the only other interesting character in this is uh, is the Doctor.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just because um, we didn't we didn't necessarily need to set up the fact that they were going to get betrayed by UA in the book. Like it's an interesting like political thing. They spent a lot of time on it in the book, um, but it's it's nice here. Like you don't realize like why like how any of this is going to happen. And and suddenly it's it. I'm sure. To people who have not read the book, or this is the first time that they've ever seen Dune, that that was a massive, massive shock. Like they right. felt like these people are in control. They know what they Any adversity thrown their way, they're going to be able to take care of it. She's, she's an amazing witch. He's an amazing leader. Like they're they're super smart and they super a, they powerful. Have
0: a, they have a a. a Superpowered son, apparently, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. they can do whatever. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then they are just shot in the back with a po- poison dart by one of their most. They don't. They don't yeah. stress enough here. I think how, how, trusted, how trusted he is uh-huh. yeah. and why because, because of like, the, his imperial conditioning. That's what I, that little I diamond did want is that. That. Is for. that
0: was the one criticism I had. It's like they need to go into his like uh, conditioning more. Yeah, and be like these guys, like literally never betray. That's mm-hmm. like their whole thing is they don't do it. But then I guess maybe it'd be way too on the head because if you go over the top being like, okay, "These guys won't don't ever do that, me, then, they they then
2: you know that he's going to That's it. true. It's just it was, like. It was subtle and just kind of out of nowhere that it was Dr. Yui in yeah. the movie. Yeah. 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 It's just so, like turning
1: on the blender or the garbage disposal in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. Someone's about to lose their hand.
2: Yeah. Even though I
1: knew. yeah, yeah Yeah. The hair.
0: Even though I knew because I'd read the book and seen the other movie, I was like, yeah. I know it's Yui. Like, I know it's him. But yeah, I totally agree. It's like if I had never seen it, I thought it was because I kept waiting. I was like, when are they going to have Yui come out and do the betrayal? Because yeah. like, even I was like, okay, I'm anticipating this now. Even though I know it's coming. I was like, they're doing this in a clever way because I still don't know when it's coming.
2: Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden the darts in his back and you're like, whoa. Okay. Like where did it come from? Like, you still don't see Dr. Yui for a while. So it's
0: actually. like silhouette of him. It's yeah. like Leto slowly kind of like loses consciousness and stuff. So I think I, I I agree with Calvin a lot. I think if you had never seen this, you never read the book, you'd be like, oh my God, it was the doctor? What? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, he's he's good. And then it's a little maybe two on the nose where it's like it shows him going into the see the Baron and it zooms in. He moves his hair out of the way of the diamond tattoo and then it cuts right to Jessica and uh, Paul in the thopter. Yeah, see a little little diamond diamond carved carved in. Yeah. okay, I know. Like, I get it.
1: Well, I think they and I think that's it's very helpful because they don't explain it like they do in the book. Uh, like Jessica, like literally says it in the book as a thought, like "Oh, UA symbol." Yeah. Um, so I think that's helpful. But they
0: have the note from Yui, and uh, but they don't they get the they rain. don't at that point because yeah. the the
2: mark yeah, they there have to like, know that there is something there, which they don't know unless they see the mark. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just
0: thought I thought oh, you can a little too on the nose, but I get it. It's a big kind of blockbuster, so yeah, you gotta so, do some stuff like that.
1: And then the last character I want to talk about is the Baron himself. Okay. Um, wow. I this that's. Honestly, it's better than what I thought the book even portrayed as. Yeah, uh, that's
0: uh, Stellan Skarsgård. We, we were yeah. confused on which Skarsgård it was, but that's Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I was the only one confused, and then I told you guys the wrong one.
2: <laughs> 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 it's all good.
1: Yeah. He, he
2: does. He's a unit in this. He's massive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: He honestly, like, especially, like we, I, I complained in the 1984 one about how the Baron flies around like it's Willy Wonka. Um, yeah. Hear how he has these really long robes and yeah, he reminded me of Dementor. That's what it reminded me. Of. He reminded me of the uh, heptapods. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Because of yeah, like just how he he built up. But like I I imagine like when I read the book that he has these suspensors that they're barely just kind of like it's it's just he's so fat that it's it's keeping his body. I up. I thought it was something that floated around him.
0: Yeah, and, and it kind of like yeah.
1: yeah, like kept up like little pieces. Not like it was something embedded yeah. in his spine. But I love how he moves like like a dementor like a ghost he feels like he's grotesque but he's also capable he's also uh like and he's he's so he's not screaming the whole time he's just like yeah you you just don't see the big picture the emperor is jealous and this is all a part of his plan i see the the whole thing
0: all of his dialogue makes sense like someone who has a big plan but they don't like expose that big plan immediately yeah like yeah. to everyone ever. yeah <laughs> like he, because he acts a... like he acts like someone who is like trying to be like pull off like the biggest kind of like uh uh, uh betrayal like in the history of yeah uh, of the universe you know like yeah. he seems like that kind of character where in the 84 version it's like he just immediately tells everyone he's like this is my big plan
1: yeah and, and he sucks. doesn't he just doesn't care because he's like you know you're too small to for this information. Yeah, he's like,
2: I don't give a shit about your opinion on this. Yeah,
1: or whether you know or not. Like yeah. everything's taken care of. If you know anything or not, it's not going to affect yeah. whether any of this is happening. Stop bugging like, me with your questions. Like, yeah,
2: the attitude like it, it had. Like I felt, and I was like, that's good because yeah. he's supposed to be a dickhole, and mm-hmm. he is being one. Oh, and
1: also, so after he gets, he recovers from the poison gas, and he's in that like pool, that vat of like. That's a black. great shot. It reminds me so much of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah. You know, you know, like a lot of the uh, the, the, the sh- scenes that like, A, when the um, uh, uh, sh- the replicants are like birthed out of that giant oh, like, yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. It looks
0: yeah. like an IV bag that they cut open and just like all this yuck comes out. Yeah. Right.
1: It reminds me of that. And it also reminds me of um, Jared Leto at the end of that film, like where all of that water is. And like, yeah. it's just like a, a weird like pool thing inside. Yeah. I, I like love th- those image that the imagery that Denis brings with those to his
0: sets. For sure, because I think you could go the other way because it is sci-fi and you could just like turn up the technology like uh, like Luke when he's in yeah. the VAT and you you have all these like little little medical arms like kind of poking at him and prodding at him. And a lot of sci-fi does that. They're like, oh, turn up the technology to show how far medical uh, technology has come. And the fact that it, it almost plays more into like that fantasy element of this film. Yeah, it's like, like alchemy. Yeah, they're like his healing isn't complete and they just like pour like more of this whatever it is, some... Whatever this material is that they're pouring in, like some kind of potion or something, this healing liquid. And I think that plays up kind of the fantasy element. I like that it wasn't like
2: put technology in this yeah to show that we're in the future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and like when he lifts his head out of the vat or whatever, and he's just like acting with all that shit dripping down his face. It's like, this dude's doing a great job right now. Oh, he's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah he's a great actor.
1: I don't think he ever raised his voice either at any point in no, the he's voice.
2: very like it's it does like the whole time it's like i got this under control
1: yeah and he was and even when he killed uh yue joiner yep. yeah yeah he was just so nonchalant about it like he's subdued and really creepy which is why
0: i you like that he floats and stuff i think it sucks I, why when he floats way too high first of all i think that there's like a subdued quality to that character that i think it's thrown out the window every time he's up in the air so I was well I, was, I think
1: that's in contrast, like that contrast is there on purpose, like I'm you know like this fat lard, whatever, but when I'm my you know final form okay. <laughs> my final form that's an
0: interesting thought. My thought of something that would be creepier is like they there's a lot of like people running around and you hear the the footsteps, especially in like that theater with that sound like you you hear the thumping of footsteps, and they even talk about he's like uh paul tell's uh uh gurney he's like oh i can I, I recognize your footsteps old man so like yeah. footsteps are mentioned mm-hmm. enough that i think you could have had the suspensors come on and it would be really creepy to see a big fat dude walking and like get a shot of his feet but there's no sound as he's walking across the ground it, mm. it like that would be like a creepy element to his character yeah or it, almost better like than, a scraping yeah he just,
2: does kind of walk across the table the a little bit UA, yeah. yeah i think and I, I was like, okay, you kind of, you know, pushed himself a forward. Yeah. Like a scooter. <laughs> I just, just I would have liked it. to murder. <laughs> my one thought is
0: like when he really rises up, he's like, it's my Arrakis. And he comes way up into the air. I was like, oh,
1: I don't like that scene. Oh, yeah. I love that one yeah, the okay. most. Like, because that was like, because it was in such contrast of like, yeah, I'm, I'm plotting and things, but you don't really know. Uh, how powerful I am, and how powerful I can be. It, it, I get like wizard vibes almost, like yeah. magical sense out of it. No, that's You're fair. A
2: wizard Barrett. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not. It's not a bad. I mean, it doesn't look bad.
0: I just didn't love it uh, as much as as you did. But it, yeah, I think it, it all works. It's all much better than the eighty four version. Yeah, exactly. he's a much more sinister character in this. Yep. He's so goofy in the other one. Uh, so, if we're done with characters, do we? I, I we don't need to talk about it a ton, but the, the symbolism of like hands a lot. Do we want to kind of get into some of that?
1: Yeah, that's an inter- an interesting one as well because we talked about obviously like bulls uh, being there, but I don't I don't know if I I necessarily think of it as as a symbol as much as I do uh, a motif. It's just hands are repeated a lot um, because of like after his trial and uh, and then obviously on the moon. Like those are the two biggest ones, but I noticed a ton. What so, else did you notice? So they first, they,
0: like you said, they mentioned the moon, they call it the hand of God. And so uh, then I just started noticing hands everywhere. Uh, like the beginning, um, Paul puts his hand in the water. He like feels the soil on uh, a Caladan. for the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets onto Arrakis. He feels the sand. Uh, you see Duncan Idaho. He like moves a beetle with his hand. Uh, mm-hmm. after Leto has been killed, there's two shots of his hand just laying limp. Uh, there's it feels like there's there's too many hands in this to not mean anything and i like that they mentioned that they call the moon the hand of god and essentially this film is building up to a holy war and so i like to think of all these characters and all their hands showing up it's like they're all the hand of god they're all leading to this big holy war and you know duncan idaho doesn't make it to the end but he was still like for he, that moment he was he, the hand of god or he had, the name or like he that had way. a yeah. hand in it yeah exactly that's that's the way i think of all these hands like even though leto he dies you know but he he still had a part to play like mm-hmm. they're all a part of this like uh, this pushing the narrative forward to this holy war this jihad or whatever So yeah. like I, I think that's why I noticed a, a, like a million hands in this I thought
2: yeah. and like the one thing I did notice is like Jason uh, before, uh, Duncan Idaho before he dies he takes off his glove to reveal his hand yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah very hands-on Connor nice you know, At this <laughs> yeah,
1: nice point.
0: Oh my favorite one is Chani in one of the visions She It just has her hand
1: full like dripping with blood.
0: Yeah, like, that's I guess not, that's,
1: yeah. That's, that's that's that one's repeated a lot. Actually. Yeah, Yep,
0: it is yeah, I, I like the hands a lot in this. I thought they meant something. I think I picked up on it. I think so. <laughs> I think
1: so. Yeah, I like. I think I just had my jaw drop most of the time. Like, especially when the Harkonnens uh, attacked, and they're just blowing up all of the ships. I thought that would be your least favorite part of the movie. It was, but it was the spectacle of it. Like the fact, if this was like, if we were just watching this down here in in, in the basement, then yeah, that's like that's kind of dumb. But like, it's the way Denise sets up. All of the pieces in it, like it, we're we're just looking at like my, like my favorite one is we're uh, way zoomed out, uh, and one of the uh, I don't know attack ships, one of the big ones is just above all of the uh, the the sh- the um, like the yeah, trade ships, demo. like yeah. all of like their like transport ships, and it's just suddenly like a, like a bunch of flares or oh, like, yeah yeah, and it's just like and it goes on forever like it's not it's not like the boom cut boom cut like it's cheesy and and annoying that way this was just like this is the strength that they came with right. and it is it is daunting and it is massive yeah, yeah. and def- and the like like when we talk about like how the screen was dark and then suddenly it was very bright when when we we're in the desert later on that right there, it was completely pitch black and then all of a sudden explosions to such an nth degree that the entire screen is almost white. Yeah. yeah. And I I love like that. That's why like I love um like like cinema, movies in general, like need to be like it not only is it something that you need to see and need to feel, it's that it's that communing of 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 going with other people to see a human experience as told from someone else's human eyes and how all of this information continually passes back and forth from, uh, from all of us. Like, I am so glad that we get to do these podcasts because like I, we get out of the movie and I just want to talk about movies forever. And everyone's like, <laughs> well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm going to, going to fill up my drink for the, the drive home. And that's about all the time I have for this discussion.
0: Oh yeah. no, no. Yeah. I think, uh, I love coming back and doing these. That's why The Venture is fun because it's like, you know, we maybe don't have, like, the most concise, like, our thoughts all the way out and, like, have this movie figured out. But it's just, it's nice to watch a movie and be like, wow, like, I like this. Yep. I, I like to talk about things I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that you say spectacle. And maybe that's why I say, like, this is the least Denis film that he's done. I don't think the other ones seem like spectacles. This one had that feel for sure. It's very... Epic on a scale that I think, like, Blade Runner wasn't. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. like the action set pieces in this are like, they're really well done. Like, don't get me wrong, but they are like, they are like, uh, you said bombastic earlier. They, I wouldn't say over the top, but they're they really well done. And it's mm-hmm. much more than we've seen in any other film he's
1: done. Yeah. Yeah. Like and I easily. would say, like, there, there are major themes that you can kind of pick out, even out of Arrival, even though it's a terrible movie in terms of themes, they tried to incorporate them here. You know, really the themes um, in the film aren't present like they are in the book if you know what I mean like, yeah there's they they don't quite have the same through lines um, of how they're constructing like uh, the overall narrative in terms of of symbols it's really just the world building are the themes yeah then then whether these things matter to human culture and human societies and psych- and like especially like uh, some of his other films dealing with psychology I don't think those are here
0: no really at no, all
1: no. Uh, do we,
0: do we want to give this one ratings now?
2: Um, so yeah, Paul, like Daenerys Targaryen has just a bunch of titles. So, um, right. I mean, how many, how many of Paul's titles do you give this man? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> He's got so many. Yeah. They don't even get into most of them. No, they don't. Yeah.
1: I, I don't even remember Mahdi being one in the book, but that's another one they introduced here. Do you remember Mahdi? I thought they were just saying Moadib weird. Yeah. No, it was M, uh, A, H, D, I, because they said it in one of the, uh, what? No. Yeah, they said it w- when they were speaking their uh, native language. It was on, it was on huh. the subtitles. Dang, well, add another to the list. Yeah, yeah, um, too many.
0: Yeah, uh, this is no lamb by any means. It's still great. Uh, I, I give this one seven of his titles.
2: Nice. That's yeah, his titles. I, I'd probably give like an eight two, an eight point two titles. Yeah I, yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I'm I, a fan of the movie for sure. Yeah, I don't know where where to put this.
1: I think like in terms of like adaptations, it's the best adaptation of a book I think I've ever seen. Um Yeah, it I hits think it hits the key points of it the does, books. Yeah. Absolutely. And and it allows like 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 this when you make an ad- adaptation, like you either have to make a completely different movie, um, like under the skin, or you have to have like I mean really it needs to be a miniseries, um, or any or like a show. Um, but in this case, like they gave one half of the book, two and a half hours. Yeah. That you need that.
2: I mean, this is like, I rem- like a, I mean, I know we've read books recently and stuff like that, but I, I was like, Oh, I fucking remember this like explicitly through yeah. from the book. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would say like, the thing is, it's like, it's,
1: it's a perfect adaptation, but I think that has more to do with the studio being like, yeah, here's all of the money and the time that you need in order to do that. Rather than the director being like able to do it. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. they have, they already have everything. It, it was almost shot for shot. The book. So I think the script, the the, the movie writes itself. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you have to bring that element to it. Which is, um, I,
0: I kind of wanted to see, cause Denis was a writer. He had a writing credit on this. And so I was like, Oh, I wonder what he'll change up or do. And eh, it wasn't much. Yeah. It's no, basically the book which Yeah, exactly. is fine because the book's great. So,
1: um, so I don't think it's better than Blade Runner 2049. I don't think it's better than enemy. Um, i'm gonna give it like an 8.1 how am i the lowest on this i anticipate you're the so lowest much. all the time because you yeah. don't actually you have you have to not use whole numbers yeah that's how you're always i,
0: I actually it. but that's the thing it's like i gave the lowest score i really like this movie a lot yeah. like i think yeah. it's great uh, uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna watch it tonight <laughs> you also think
1: that like you also like hereditary more than uh midsummer yeah, and you still have like the lowest score on hereditary because <laughs> <laughs> you were like i think it's about a nine and we're like, yeah, it's, well, it's more than that.
0: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so that, that's a Sin Adventure. I'm glad we all got together to see that one. It feels like we waited forever, especially with all the delays for it. And then just like, I did think all, it hit it. I think it hit yeah, it. On. I think yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. I, I love watching it. And uh, I, I love having this discussion with you guys. Yeah. So uh, with that, I'm your host, Connor. Got my co host, Jaden. And former guest, Calvin. Thanks for having me back. And thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting.